0: Hey, PK, what do you say? Have I got a card for you today?
1: Hello, Professor. Do you, do you know that it's it's 3 a.m. in the morning? Do you not know about time zones? Do they not teach that in American community colleges?
0: Oh, I understand them. <laughs> Bastard. But listen, guess what's coming in Ultimate Masters? Ulamog's Crusher. Because Poppertron will never go away.
1: Professor... Uh, It dies to removal. Uh,
0: Oh, okay. But containment priest at rare, legacy shenanigans all season long. Can you contain your excitement?
1: Someone putting a bin out at three in the morning.
0: Noble Hierarch at rare. No, Professor, that also dies to... To removal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the bit. Sleight of hand... At Uncommon, what a fantastic reprint. Oh, and Chainer's Edict, that's removal. These are spells that don't die to removal. Come on.
1: No, no, Professor, that dies
0: too. They all die. Everything dies. They don't die. They're not creatures, Vince.
1: No, Brian, but they're, they're, they're Ultimate Masters, aren't they? So? No, Ultimate Masters is dead on arrival due to community outcry quite a ludicrous retail price point.
0: Actually, prices are really low right now. Yay, capitalism! Am I right? People can buy a booster box of Ultimate Masters for about two hundred forty dollars.
1: Wait, what? H- how much? No, no, Brian. Have you have you not heard? There's a thing called Brexit going on. Our economy's in the in the pits, but it's two two hundred fifty here. Oh, so what?
0: So they're 250 over there instead of 240 Are you just making up reasons to be upset about this set?
1: No, Brian, that's 300 pounds, English sterling. That's like $320. <laughs> so yeah, like I was saying, Brian, Altman Masters is kind of dead on arrival. It dies to a failing economy and hideous, hideous import taxes. USA, USA. USA Hello boys and girls, it's me Vince, also known as President Kobe on the internet and welcome to episode 2 of Dies to Removal. This is the professor's new video podcast of which I am the co-host. I don't really need to give him any instructions as you, I'm sure you know who he is but uh, my, my co-host as such is Brian, the professor from Tullerian Community College.
0: Hey Vince, also known as Pleasant Kenobi, good to see you again.
1: Yes, hello. How how are you? How, how are the states? This, uh this we've just survived Friday.
0: American Thanksgiving, so the states the are cull. full. What's that? The turkey cull. The turkey cull. The turkeys are culled and our bellies are full.
1: <laughs> so Let's let's talk less about turkeys today and point about things that people want to hear about, which is Ultimate Masters. I've heard that's quite a popular topic for magic players and magic content creators right now. Have you heard much about this tool?
0: Yes, well, I've heard a few whisperings. I think I may have made an offhand remark in one of my videos about Ultimate Masters, but this week we got the full spoiler for it, and so what better opportunity than to dive right in and uh, discuss our reactions to what is in this set or perhaps so are you hyped
1: are you excited
0: you know what i'm gonna go ahead and say that i am extremely yeah, me t- hyped
1: me too i am I'm, I'm more than surprised shall we say i'm shocked actually i'm shook by a the sheer amount of value and B, just like there are very few duds being printed in like the rares and yeah. and, and, and mythic slots. I'm just I'm sh- I'm generally shocked at how ham I guess to use the term that the kids use that would have gone on this set. It's insane. This um, is what a
0: master set always should have been. This do you think is, it's better than
1: the first Masters then?
0: Yes, I do. I think that 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 this is comparable to uh, what was previously my favorite master set. Uh, Modern Masters 2017 was my favorite. Uh, That was the one with the Fetchlands and Liliana of the Veil and a lot of other high price cards in it. That was the one where they finally reprinted Damnation. But... I mm-hmm. actually think that ultimate masters may in fact be in isolation, just looking at the cards included may actually be my favorite masters set, and the or or I should clarify may actually be the set that I think they did the best job on in terms of meeting the mission statement of including cards for modern that are needed in Modern, as well as some of the other That's non-rotating really formats. That's really interesting. So, yeah.
1: so, 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 is, so is Modern Masters 3, or, or 17 as it were, the moment prior to all the Masters, was that your favourite because of meeting that mission statement because of the reprints in it, or was it your favourite for gameplay?
0: Oh, I don't care, the care about... the gameplay not factored into that? I don't care uh-huh. one bit about gameplay. I, I draft these sets, I do some sealed with them, Uh, But I don't care about gameplay. I feel that the one thing that we need more than anything from these sets are reprints for modern and other non-rotating formats like Commander, Legacy, uh, Popper, which actually got a lot of cool goodies Mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. one. And I don't care about gameplay if that first... Primary criteria has been met so the reason I liked modern masters 3 or 2017 is because it had Cards that needed to be reprinted and people now were able to get them the fetch lands a lot of other In-demand cards that had gotten way too high and I think ultimate masters does this even more so yet doesn't have the fetches but it has just about everything else do you think they're saving the fetches for something else? I don't know what they're doing with fetches. I feel like we could that's... do an entire dies to removal on just fetch, <laughs>
1: fetch lands. Because <laughs> I was thinking, there's, there's certain cards. Fe- fe- fetches, um, we'll talk more about in a moment. Surgical Extraction. Right. Um, horizon Canopy. There, there are certain cards that... Oh, just kicked my camera. Sorry for the viewers at home. Just got a bit of a shaky camera. Um, it's just interesting that those cards are missing. Or there's some very obvious omissions. Like, even like Manamorphose at Common, for example. I think I, I said to you before we started that... Um, that card's gone up by 17% in one day. Mox Opal.
0: is, is the missing. Other one.
1: Yeah, that's the other one I should think of, yeah. So it's weird that those cards are missing because it looks like they've gone so hard on making this set, everything everyone would ever want in terms of opening packs. It makes you think either A, they're saving those cards for somewhere else, like the next supplemental product, because something's got to replace Masters, right? We know that Masters is now supposedly over, according to Wizards. There will be no Masters sets after this. Or, Or does it tell you something about perhaps... The next, the next new format doesn't have fetches. Are uh, fetches the thing that they're wanting to, like, move away from? Or, or or, with Mox Opal, is Mox Opal coming for a banning?
0: Do you, the do you believe, asking. do you believe, I want to start with this, do you believe a word Wizards of the Coast says? Because they said yeah. prior to Ultimate Masters, guys... Master sets moving forward. They're gonna be themed. We're gonna have themes to them. That's what everyone wants. It'll be dragon that, masters or, or, okay. Oh, yes, yeah. they made that that statement and everybody said boy, you know what theme I want uh, uh, Modern playable masters, you know, <laughs> I want I, wa- I want I want needed masters? reprints masters and there was a lot of gripe. Out.
1: This is graveyard and valuable cards, right? That's, that's the theme for this one.
0: I, 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 I think the theme is valuable cards. I mean, yeah, there's a graveyard theme. The set symbol is two skulls intertwining. I, yeah, I really I'm like the yesterday. set symbol, yeah. the infinity. I, I do think it is ironic that the set symbol is an infinity or unending symbol for what is the final master set, allegedly. But they also, first of all, they didn't say it's the final master set. They said the last for the foreseeable future. Which means sure, okay, maybe okay. a year later they go, oh, look what we now foresee in the future, a need to bring up fourth quarter profits. Uh, and so... So do you think there'll be another one next Christmas? No. And if there okay. is, it's a, it's, it's a mistake. Okay. I think that that they really did poorly in sales for Iconic Masters and Masters 25 in particular. I think that... Uh, the because rea- they were terrible. They were like, terrible. They were just...
1: They're just terrible across the board, right? From they, gameplay experience they got everything to, wrong to, they could get to wrong. To cards in them, to cost, yeah, everything. I, I
0: everything. can't even think of what Iconic Masters or, or Masters 25 significantly got right. Like, they're not all terrible, there are good aspects to them, but there's nothing memorable I mean, I guess watermarks in Masters 25, but Masters yeah. 25 doesn't feel like a celebration of 25 years of mass magic. No,
1: no, it's an absolute failure isn't it? It's, it's, it's in that right. Say with Iconic, it's Mission statement was to be Iconic and we all joked, the volume jokes were, well, well, where's this Iconic card, where's that Iconic card, how's right. X, Y, or Z Iconic and stuff, so maybe Ultimate Masters is achieving not only its namesake, but the fact that it's the best Ultimate set, but I mean do you, do you not think it's weird? Oh, so the question I was going to ask you, not weird, do you think it's a little bit... Um, is it mismanagement for wizards to allow all the masters to come out, and obviously it's going to hit the... Pro- Regardless of the cost of the, the packs and what you can get them for, which we'll come on to in a moment, right. cards will decrease in value because people will crack these. Like, people will crack these. Good. Do you think it's mismanagement in a lot of ways for cards like Fetch Lands and Surgical Extraction and Mox Opal to be missing from them? Is that mismanagement? Is that just a byproduct of the like, secondary market? How do you feel at, about that?
0: I think at this point, it is painfully clear that Wizards of the Coast could not put everything that needs to be in this set, in this set, or w- they will not under any form of duress, that it's simply the impossible to ask for, by the way, instead of the uh, uh, man lands, these should be the fetch lands. By the way, Mox Opal should be in here instead of whatever the, the lowest value mythic, is in here by the way uh uh oubliette and and uh uh several of the other common and uncommon cards that are at ridiculous prices should be in here in other words everything should be in here throw the tron lands in because tron is played in modern and popper and 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 probably a few other small fringe places they don't play uh tron really in legacy do they or is this Tron? No, 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 no. no there's tw- no.
1: there's, tw- there's tw- 12 posts is the equivalent. Right, Although right. some players have played Tron and done very well. A, a turn three Khan is good in almost any format, apparently.
0: Right, right. But basically, <laughs> well, I think I, this is as juiced as they can go. This is, this is, I believe, the number crunchers have said this is the most juiced master set. Yes, it it's got the highest TV by a massive margin. Yeah, which means it's the most juiced product Wizards of the Coast has ever made. Uh, uh, I guess the
1: point I'm making is that and I guess you are right they, ca- they can't throw the kitchen sink completely into that there's a thing such as reprint equity they need other things but other supplemental products further down the line the next conspiracy 3 set will probably have yeah. uh, the cards that I've just mentioned in them but I guess what I'm trying to say is what I was trying to allude to and you're, you're, you're m- making the point for me as well is that, that this set can't fix the pr- previous mismanagement it can only look to do better going onwards because I guess M25 and Iconic Masters shows that they were mismanaging reprints and Altman Masters kind of shows they're willing to, to actually Really, realistically, sort out the reprint issue. Only if they, they raise say, uh, the
0: price, and 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 that's oh, yeah, again, exactly. and and that's the biggest problem with this set. It's funny how I mean, I did it. I did. Joking aside, I did a video on Ultimate Masters, and I have a lot of people who say I did a video that was was saying Ultimate Masters was trash. And actually, I said in the video that the set looks. This was before the spoiler, but that the set looks so far to be golden. It's the the cost of the uh-huh. set
1: that <laughs> is. Was Laughing at those comments. Yeah, like, well, it's, like, said said comments. it's like that, I said. Is this set's amazing.
0: I said this set looks amazing, but I, I I can't get over the uh, expectation of what I'm supposed to pay for this, and I think that maybe this is not a solvable problem. I mean, you say to me we have to save equity for supplemental products, and I say say to you like they did for the previous Commander precons, you know, because God knows they sure put. Mm-hmm equity in those oh no wait they didn't i I mean they they will never put the commander precons should each have a couple fetch lands in each box that solves the fetch land problem but Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. they say we can never do that Uh, uh uh we can't put fetch lands into standard we can't put fetch lands into precons we can't put fetch lands have only been in one out of how many now six master sets
1: that said, though, lands did make their way into the precons when
0: they were in standard. Weirdly, that's the only time. Right, I've, but they've said that was... they they never want fetches in standard again, ever, ever, of ever. Of course, of course. So it's if they, interesting yeah, that, yeah, they're not so, going so where to are they going to be? Part of the and they set. need, and where are they going to be in such a way as as to make modern and to a lesser extent legacy? I know legacy, is the reserve list that makes it so expensive. But hey, mm. the the lands I need for legacy aren't cheap either. Uh, and and hell, people want to run them in commander. And I just. feel Feel like well where's it gonna be and the only example I've seen so far of a supplemental product that is just answering the reprint problem is Ultimate Masters except they had to raise the price now it's not selling for that price we'll talk about that in just a second but if they have to raise the price, the more they make the product what it should be or what it needs to contain, then we have what I feel is a paradox or a quandary or, or just an obstacle, which is they can't just reprint the cards or they won't just reprint the cards. And as much as we and a lot of the community scream, we want these reprinted so as to lower prices, it's just due to equity, due to EV, due to this stuff, they're not gonna do it. And I'm, I think, I'm starting to feel hopeless. In all honesty, the, the greatest got, master has got, set has made me feel hopeless. That we're ever going to have got, an affordable. We've got two modern.
1: eventualities that come out of this for the next yeah. supplemental sets? So let's talk about let's talk about a hypothetical conspiracy three, for example. Okay. So we'll either get the packs at the original prices and the similar sort of reprint levels we've seen before so we'll get an Inquisition of Cozilek style reprint in the Uncommon slot right. and a couple of Chase Rares for Legacy and some new stuff they know is going to push for Legacy for right. example like your vaults and that'll be the normal price or the next Conspiracy packs will be uh, you know, forty percent, 60 percent markup or whatever it's oh, been, no. and then they'll have all the or, then they'll have all the reprints again. They go, look, guys, there's loads of good reprints, so they can justify the price because they're willing to throw almost the entire kitchen sink in there. I think they might be. I mean, I love a middle ground. I get, well, I love a middle ground, or do I think it's just sell packs at lower prices? It's hard to say because I'm quite excited about everything they're reprinting, but
0: yes. the prices. The Raising the dirty. price on Conspiracy would be a huge mistake because Conspiracy the is, is a 2 will be
1: yeah. 40%, 40% more dearer. And then all these, these in my local area, some fathers that draft Battle Bond with their kids. They have, they, have, they have parent and child drafts. Right. And Battle Bond 2 will come out and I'll be like, oh, I can't do that now because it's, just, it's just, yeah. just too expensive for a little... And that's what JVL I think the draft. big
0: contradiction is. And I, it sounds like we're starting to transition into price uh, so... I mean, we're agreed this set is is really great that a- anybody who is angrily saying Ultimate Masters is a disaster or is trash cannot possibly be talking about the included reprints because this is the mm-hmm. most juiced set ever. So their animosity is coming from the cost. And yeah, so yeah. in terms of that cost, if we hit a certain point, where we are just asking too much money, it doesn't matter how much value is in there for the general public. Because at a certain point, that dad and the kid that you have discussed, even if you say to him, hey, Pop, yeah, drafting Battle Bond with your kid now costs $500, but you're getting $500 $500 in EV in this. It's amazing. And it's, it's, he's like, I can't afford it. Well, but look at the yeah. value. I guess you don't know math or basic economics. And there's a certain point where what we need are packs to be four bucks, where that's what it costs. That's already expensive. Uh, uh, that's already a lot for yeah. a draft. Yeah. That's, with that's a your lot son. for a hobby. That's a, a lot, lot for a hobby. A lot. A lot. And, and so. The thing
1: is, like, I got to a point where I didn't, I would go to draw. Maybe this makes you sound like I've got more expendable income than some viewers. So I'm sorry if this sounds like that. But like, it got to the point where with normal draft prices as I got into the point where I had disposable income as an adult with a job before content creation even because I'm probably a lot more skimp than I am now I'm doing full-time <laughs> content creation but I would just go along to a draft and be like okay I can pay this it's like the price of a cinema ticket maybe a bit dearer I don't mind if I open complete trash in terms of rares I'm just gonna play the draft environment I'm gonna get four hours of fun out of it hang out with my friends I might walk away with some value but the value is an added bonus where when you get the price points to the point they are with ultimate masters, the, and they were with the old, old master sets, if you walk away without opening one of those valuable rares, it's a super big feel bad. And oh that yeah, stops people from just doing the draft environment.
0: Absolutely, and then then you look at I've just spent two three hours on a draft that cost me forty fifty dollars. And I ended up with the Dud Mythic, the Dud Rares, of which the previous sets had quite a few. And there's certainly some in here, but for the most part, even some of the lesser valued rares in the set and even uncommons are still ones that are played in modern decks. And what really got me mm-hmm. excited was I felt like, I mean, name a modern deck besides Tron, and a lot of the components for that deck. Uh, Not all of them, Goblin lore is not in here, but a lot of the components for that deck are within Ultimate Masters so that you can draft, and then after that draft and maybe a few trades with other people who drafted, you have a skeleton of a modern deck, which is what I always thought the product should be.
1: Yeah, because I guess in some ways, the, the way you talk about it, like if we ignore, if we ignore eternal, iconic, and A twenty five or M twenty five, whatever they called it, those master sets were the ones that a lot of people said were basically failures in the mission statement and, right. and a lot of other ways. The master sets that are listed as modern masters were always relatively successful in terms of they had high value cards in them, people enjoyed playing with them, and they sort of were received a lot better. Um, I guess Ultimate Masters is kind of a continuation of that in a sense especially if you do believe you can walk away with a shell of a or uh, the beginnings of our modern decks. because the first modern masters I'll never forget you had archetypes like Storm Affinity right um, all, all, all these archetypes that you'd walk away and go actually I can now go away and buy a few more bits or trade for a few more bits and start getting into modern so it's weird it's weird this is like modern masters 4 the last the last hurrah the ultimate masters I might say
0: yes but, and, um, and they do indeed and that's where I think it works but where I think the problem is comes into them ex- expecting that MSRP uh, which is you know a forty percent increase or whatever it is, uh, and it's it doesn't matter that the value's in it. It matters that people only have so much that they're going to spend on. Well, you're going Magic from the price the price a cinema ticket,
1: from a cinema ticket price to a new, uh, a, a, almost a new video game price, aren't you? Yes, you're jumping that sort of that sort of jump. And uh, like yeah, you get the value out of it. Like I said, like on the point I was making is that that, that value's kind of out of bonus, not necessarily the thing you go for. You're not you're not necessarily value hunting if you want to draft. Right, so right. Um, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, 100 percent
0: And it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, and that actually is the secret success of Ultimate Masters, which is that regardless of the EV within it, it does not appear to be selling for anything close to to the msrp which suddenly changes the entire paradigm as far as affordability
1: yeah so you're getting boxes quite cheaply over in the in the states now aren't you compared to what what was expected
0: there are deals to be had where uh uh boxes are going for 240 dollars, which is the msrp of previous master sets which is what people wanted these to be priced at and i maintained in my original video that if they had simply said MSRP is $240 on these that nobody would have freaked out, that everybody would have said, finally, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, and then when they said the MSRP, everyone became enraged. And, and I do feel that's valid. I think people who are mocking the idea of magic players get upset over nothing. They just want the cards for free. No, there's a limit to this. And I think it's very fair to be upset at that expectation. Uh, yeah, previous master sets like Iconic sold for well below MSRP, but that's because they were a disaster. Here it's selling for below MSRP because I think there is simply a ceiling of what yeah. the public yeah. is going to pay for this but that's our great boon because guess what ladies and gentlemen pretend that they said MSRP is 240 and that boxes are selling for MSRP and and go to go to town as you would have and probably did and got burned by iconic masters <laughs> and 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 friends because ultimate masters at least in the United States is going for $240, 250 $260 right now, a box, and I, I, I know it sucks for local game stores, and that's a whole other discussion, but just in terms of us as consumers, it's available, it's at the price that we wanted it at, and it's a great deal.
1: The price hasn't crashed as much over here as we spoke no. about before we started. So I pre-ordered my box at two hundred and sixty. Um, I had a little bit of a look uh, earlier today. You can buy it maybe two hundred and forty, maybe a bit lower if you're willing to go on eBay. But I'm always worried buying new boxes from random eBay sellers. Sure. Um, so we, but then again, the translation is that we always seem to buy at the almost pounded. How much is a booster pack in, in the States? Four uh, bucks?
0: Uh, 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 yeah, four dollars. How many pounds yeah. is it, it, it over $3. there? Three pound
1: fifty. Three pound fifty. When in re- reality four boxes closer to just under three pound two pound ninety I think. Right. So we're always paying a premium for getting the stuff in over here anyway. I feel, so I mean England's, so England's not getting as good a deal on this um, capitalism and uh, Right. And uh, as you guys are, but I feel for like South America, Canada, Australia, because apparently they, they get stung on tax and import tax and things far worse than we do.
0: Yes, they so, do. Uh, Australia, it's a nightmare in terms of pricing of magic product. Uh, South America, they get it late and marked up and tampered with sometimes. So, whoa, it's, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was not
1: aware of this.
0: In uh, As I learned in Brazil, in order for a booster box to enter the country, customs must take off the wizard's shrink wrap to inspect each individual pack due to a child safety law or something, and then they re-laminate it in a general laminator, just a basic oh, laminator machine wow. like I could buy, and, and then ship so it off to the store. Them them. So that yeah, anybody can open that and then reseal it which
1: has so a lot of implications. If those box toppers are genuinely searchable, that means the box toppers in the in, in Brazil are just gonna be nonsense. Well it doesn't, doesn't even mean
0: does it doesn't even mean even if the boxes are aren't mappable, there is the premise of I can as a store say, well I gotta open up booster packs to have inventory in my binders. I'm gonna open up this booster box. I'm gonna start opening it and pack three, I get a Tarmogoyf, and pack five, I get Liliana the Veil. I know that it's highly, highly unlikely that there's any other mythic value in that box. That that there were, that there that there is probably only one more mythic in that box, maybe two, and that they are not Tarmogoyf and Liliana of the Veil. Vale. They, they might be some of the lower-end ones. There's, it's not a certainty, but just with that knowledge, I can put that box aside, open up another box, hmm. and then I hit Liliana, or I hit Karn, and then I just take some packs from that box, which I know don't contain Karn now, and put them in the first box, and then relaminate it, and and someone's going to open that, and they're going to be like, I got one Mythic, and it was... Whatever the the angel. Well,
1: remember, kids at home and, and listeners, Magic the Gathering and opening packs is not gambling. Remember right, that, as right. We, as right. we all these possibilities and probabilities of opening expensive cards and stuff, it's not gambling, not at all. No, no, not, no. And and there's a secondary. The oh, no, there's that.
0: a secondary market. I, I don't know about that secondary market. <laughs> well, you know, right, right. So, but that's why we have the Wizards logo on the shrink wrap uh, because it prevents a store a store cannot rewrap a box in Wizards logo shrink wrap. But a store Mm. in uh, Brazil at least can rewrap it in generic shrink wrap because that's how they all come in, and that is highly problematic.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. I I drifted off a little bit thinking that I was just watching one of your videos in the background like I normally do because you were just telling me something something new that I did not know. I just became part of the audience there as you you taught me something. I wonder how many people knew about that sort of stuff. Uh, only, only 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 the
0: people who watched my video on Brazil, which based on the numbers, was not many.
1: So we've just briefly touched upon the potential shady business practice that could happen with the tampering of boxes down in the South America region. It brings us quite nicely, almost like a segue almost, onto uh, another topic that we wanted to cover today, which is the idea of um, inverted comments insider trading in the MTG finance community. There was an example this week where somebody had um, uh, supposedly proven that they had sources within the content creation community that told them about a preview card that was very, very expensive at the time, um, so they could ship those cards off before. Before the reprint happened and the price crashed um, the reason this is considered to be unethical is because it's just not fair on other people doing the trading it's it's illegal in actual um, uh, regulated markets and regulated industries like finance but in energy finance because it's a kids card game it doesn't really matter Word or does buying? it? Or does it? Or because does it?
0: This is the thing. And by the way, I don't want to talk about this particular case that kicked off the discussion. That was talked about ad nauseum on Twitter, on sure. Reddit, sure. on Facebook. We're not getting into this whole did or this person or not have or what they did. What we want to talk about is the broader sense of ethics in MTG Finance. Insider trading, as you have said, is illegal pretty much in all markets and in all countries, but it's not illegal in Magic the Gathering because it's a children's game. So is there a sense of a broader ethical obligation that people who buy and sell on a large scale within Magic the Gathering should have? If Insider trading is illegal because it is bad for business, then should large-volume MTG Finance entities, organizations, and individuals accept and acknowledge that this sort of practice is ultimately bad for the game, bad for their business, and not engage in it? Or... Is it just a children's card game? They don't have any obligation to anyone. What do you What do you think, Vince? I mean, yeah, like, so, like so you I, have strong I feelings know on this. I, know. I do. So I want to hear them. So Yeah.
1: That interesting. So let's let's address the first point, which is the thing about it being a children's card game. I've said right. it. You said it. Both of us saying it, kind of slightly, I guess, ironically, or or or, or with uh, a glint in our eye, because we know we don't necessarily agree with that idea, because it's it's all the children's card games It's a huge community of people. Of all course. Trying to build decks in modern, in Legacy, and Standard. Those cards are expensive. We've already touched upon last week and this week that these cards. And these booster packs are worth money, and that either lures you to open those packs or doesn't lure you to open those packs, as the case may be with all the masters. I'm um, just with previous master sets, not all masters. So the fact that someone else can then profit off of those things doesn't sit very well with me because accessibility to cards. I don't, I don't want. I don't want um, collections to crash in price. I don't know how you feel about this exactly, Brian. Because I, I quite like that some of my cards are worth value but I don't know if I should be profiter- profiting off of other people clambering to get cards when I know they're about to crash in price. You see it with um, trading websites. Not so much with Cardsphere, um, who I will be transparent and say they're my sponsors, but they shut down trading on reprinted cards immediately to stop people accidentally selling off a load of cards or buying in a load of cards that have been reprinted or not been reprinted. So so there is an ethical um, responsibility of some of these trading websites and some of these people in MTG Finance to perhaps not just Poo poo all over the people below them who are just clambering to get their first modern deck together. That's how I see it. I suppose, how do you feel about? I suppose it comes down to
0: the premise of just because it isn't illegal, doesn't mean it isn't wrong, and sure. that's 100%. a moral choice or an ethical choice, uh, uh, and it's it's not something that has a clear answer though i do think that uh the company that you mentioned is not the only card sphere is not the only company no, of that has that practice i'm pretty sure tcg player who is not a sponsor of this channel or your channel but who <laughs> we we know about or in in the uk it's magic card market EU, right mm-hmm. i i believe yeah, both of, of them have similar safeguards where they recognize that if i list a, a card and then that card gets reprinted and I end up taking a, an unexpected huge loss due to an immediately shifting marketplace that, yes, I perhaps had a personal responsibility to be more attentive, but they are going to recognize that it's better for their business to offer some safeguard for this.
1: And, then, and there's nothing wrong with protecting people inside these, inside markets or inside industries. Like you said about being more attentive. Like, there's an example, I won't go into details about what, what side it is or anything. Like cause we're not here just like, you know, poo-poo people's names and things. Right. There are examples that I've heard of where people have gone to sleep Overnight, because of, you know, time zones. Right. The band of restricted announcements happened, and then someone has had, like, a buy-in price for a certain card on their trading portfolio, let's say, and then someone has sold them, like, you know, right. 50 of these cards at the new lower price because the price has crashed because it's been banned. I think it was Splinter Twin that's happened around. Right. And then they've woke up to having bought, you know, 500 copies of Splinter Twin now that like, it's worth nothing. And that's not because of the lack of attentiveness. That's because... Time zones differ. You've got your own personal responsibilities, and you're trading. But you can't be trading 24/7 on on whatever trading website you use. I want to ask. So I, I
0: think. Go on. Finish. Go on. I, 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 no, sorry, I'm finished. I want to. I want to ask you a question, and I, then I want to ask you another question, another one. Let me start with this, <laughs> uh, 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 Mr. Kenobi. Uh, Billy comes in to your <laughs> local game store. Billy is a returning Magic the Gathering player. Billy has not played in fifteen to twenty years. Billy is excited to get back into the game and has his old junior high school trading folder, uh, which he opens up, and to your shock. And Excitement has a lot of uh, uh, revised or unlimited dual lands in it that he remembers going for $10 each and and at the time, which was a lot of money, and he's very excited to get a, a new product and a new deck together, and he asks you, you specifically, what are these worth? There is nothing illegal with you saying, oh, well, they're worth $25 each now, and I'm happy to buy them all off of you and even offer you a couple extra bucks if, if, if you'd like. I, I, I want them. That is not illegal in any way, shape, or form. Should you or should you not do that? Should you? Or, no, should, you shouldn't. Why? You're, you're isn't, it Billy, isn't it Billy's <laughs> responsibility to take a freaking minute to find out what these cards are really worth? It's his fault for walking in and going, "Gosh, I don't know."
1: Right? Why? Why is so? 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 That, the, the, the example you're referring to is, is shocking, right? We all know right? that's shocking. That's an yeah?
0: extreme example of sharking.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I believe that is morally. Just heinous, the idea that you know yeah. rip fact that, that Billy. And this you've used the name Billy. so I'm assuming he's quite young, but Billy could be any age. Sure. You're going to rip off this young gentleman. Um, that it, it differs slightly to the idea of insider because the argument there could be for the shark that's going to shark him is that Billy could go do the research on his own. That that is a byproduct right. of capitalism. That you are part of the same market that they are, and you've got access to the same information. So that, but I still think that's morally wrong. Okay. okay. Instead inside of trading or having sources is one step beyond that. It's not free information that everyone has access to. It's not free market capitalism. It is you knowing more and having an unfair advantage over the opposition right. or, the, or, or the person you're doing business with. And therefore, and you don't have their best interests in heart, so you're going to screw them with the information they can possibly have. So I think it's unethical in the example you've given. Right. But well I wanna escalate to I was gonna I was going to
0: escalate it and, and Oh and then sorry, I, I'm yes. just <laughs> that's fine. But now but along those same lines then, let's say that I am a a business that buys and sells magic cards. And Wizards of the Coast has made an error in terms of the background check for one of their uh, people that work in the printing warehouse. And this person who works in the printing warehouse has uh, taken a sheet of mythics and rares from the newest master set into the next room and taken some photographs of them. And it comes to me and drops those photographs on my lap. And I see that they are reprinting certain cards of extremely high value and not reprinting cards of moderate value. And the cards that they're not reprinting are likely gonna go up in price Mm -hmm, And the cards mm -hmm. that they are reprinting are likely going to drop in price. And this information won't be public for weeks. I can sell off the cards that are high in price and buy up the cards that are moderate in price and make extreme profit for my company and myself. And I did not seek out this information. I did not break into Wizards Corporate. I did not or printing or whatever. I did not. It just it came into my lap. It, is there something, it's just, it's nothing, and there's no law, U.S. Or, or British or international, that I've broken in doing this. Why don't I do it? Tell me why I don't do it beyond just saying it's wrong. Tell me why I don't do it.
1: Well, the, the why I don't do it is because it's wrong. It's the question of why is it wrong, right? So, when you're talking about ethics, you you got, got to ask questions as to why something is uneth- isn't ethical. So in this case, it's that thing where I, mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it now before we started the call, but about about fairness, right? Right. So you're, you're t- getting an unfair advantage of that information and you will benefit from it this time, but will you benefit from it in the future? Will you be at a disadvantage from it in the future? Will you buy in a load of cards from a, a fellow stockkeeper or, or store that will then crash in value when they get reprinted because you didn't have the information further down the line? So that's, that's exactly why that sort, of, that sort of practice is not legal in the stock markets and such. But because we have no regulation over energy finance whatsoever, it's perfectly fine to do it here in in terms of the law. But again, it's kind of making sure that your marketplace and making sure that the game itself remains healthy. And long-term, if you indulge in those sort of practices, it's not going to be. You're getting short-term gain in many ways for potential long-term pain when the game crashes, the bubble bursts, or on a smaller scale, another store gets the advantage over you because they have the information that you don't. Sure. so, uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to. Because uh, I don't know how you feel about this. It sounds like you're getting on a high horse in some ways. You get very moralistic and very. Well, I was actually. Uh, it, you know, no, I, I'm,
0: I, I'm actually going to point out. It sounds like you're getting on your high horse because I didn't give yeah. that answer. You did because I exactly. was going to say that if I were to respond to you and say I don't care that it's morally wrong, there are still valid arguments that can be made against doing it, such as you just alluded to, which is that it's simply bad for overall business. It's Mm short-term games, but in the long-term market, gets destabilized, gets damaged in such a way that Maybe that business isn't going to be in business in five to ten years because it has led to a corrupt environment where the same level of buying and selling isn't going on, where the game reached a point where it wasn't able to be ma- properly managed by the company, things like that, where this person was never—I I mean, like, the question is, is do you go to Wizards of the Coast and say, hey, you know— uh, 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 I can't say Bill Aries Uh, my name's Billy in this example Uh, 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 Joey Charles Joey Joey Kowalski in in shipping just came with this information I have no obligation to say that to to Wizards of the Coast it's their (laughs) damn fault that it happened but do I go to them anyway because I recognize that catching this person is going to be better for the long-term stability of the exactly, game, which exactly. I make That's my which question, I make exactly. my profit off of, and now that has nothing to do with ethics. That has to do with my own self-interest, but that it can be in my self-interest to be honest well, and no, and and to, to, to do the right thing. There's
1: ethics there, isn't there? Because if if you are willing to destabilize a, a a game and its surrounding market and also Um, hurt players who are like I said players are going to buy into things and they're worth nothing uh, five minutes on the line you know that's going to happen that is an ethical responsibility right right I, I, I suppose so. so. Yes. Uh, it's the, yeah, it's, the, it's the, the needs of the many against the short-term few profiting off it sort of thing. So it isn't, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be using the word ethics too much because so that's, that's what makes me sound like I'm on a high horse so much. But uh, yeah, you're, you're putting other people's livelihoods, other people's game, other people's communities at risk just so you can shift some cards at a slightly higher value. Right. Say that. Say so just. I guess in theory some of these people could be making a lot of money Oh they stuff. they
0: are making a lot of money uh, when you walk around the GP floor and you see some of the big power buyers and sellers set up there they well, we had a controversy are, this year as
1: well didn't we around Channel Fireball changing the, the trading rules didn't they to try and get some of these people to stop buying and selling up the cards away from the vendors that have paid for their pitches right uh, there, well, well
0: those rule changes uh, and, and this is getting into another topic but I believe that those rules changes were not meant to stop you from having your trade binder with no, a in it and saying hey anybody got a scalding Tarn I want to trade you know, uh, or or what have you, but rather to stop the person with the giant exactly, eighteen binders. Exactly. Hey, you need tarmagoifs, I got a, I got two hundred fifty tarmoglyphs here, and 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 doing power. We've all seen them, haven't we? We've all seen them at the
1: GPS, and they are the people that. And again, that, that it does tie into this because again, it's where's the, the line then?
0: Then where's the line? So so if it's okay for you to have your trade folder with a Tarmogoyf mm-hmm. in it, and to go up and say, anyone have a, a the right the a fetch land of the same general price and and, yeah, and trade. Sure. And maybe you're going to uptrade. Maybe Scalding Tarn at the time is worth $5 more or $10 more than than uh, the Tarmogoyf, but someone needs that Tarmogoyf for their gen deck and they're okay with that loss. You just made $5, $10. That's pro- you know off of that. Th- that's an uptrade. That's fine. Where is the line where the person with the binder that has 200 Tarmogoyfs in it and is going around doing superpower, and, and I'm gonna uptrade a dollar, a dollar, a dollar. And actually, I just ended up up trading $3,000 here over the course of this one day. And that's what they're trying to say. Well, if you wanna do that, you have to pay for a booth <laughs> and have people come to you. Where's the line between that? Where's the line between, I've got my binders here, and you know what? I open up cards, and I want a card to be worth more than the pack, or at least worth the pack, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I want that card to go up in value if I save it over time, and it's played, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but at what point am I a MTG financier of a, a, (laughs) a big level that suddenly... I have responsibilities. Uh, What what is that difference between, going back to my original scenario of, I'm just in the shop trading cards and some kid doesn't know what a dual land is worth, to I work for the equivalent of Star City Games or Channel Fireball or or Card Kingdom or a sponsor of this channel, TCC, uh, or or whatever. and, And I have an ethical
1: quandary on my lap.
0: Where is the line?
1: I think I, I'm going to sound like a a Roy virtuous uh, prat here and say that, that I, there's a, there is a line when you become an entity finance aficionado. That line's probably when you put it in your Twitter handle and start. Um, about it. That's probably when you become part of finance community. But I think if if you if your decision and the things you do, given the extra information, affects other people, that's where the line is. Yeah, that's where that ethical. Um, uh, concern, or ethical responsibility comes back. If you're affecting other people's collections, other people's uh, costing them money, then well I guess there's an argument that stores do the same, right? Stores sell back. So it's difficult. It's very difficult to all I'm not saying I've got perfect answers, but I think if you're getting extra information and that's affecting somebody else in a negative way, then you need to stop and think, am I doing something that is morally wrong? And would it be illegal in another industry? Because that's kind of a good gauge of where or not you're being, whether you're being ethical I guess right. I haven't got a definitive answer I'm just going to throw my hands up and say, I have not got a definitive answer I don't want to act like I know for definite because it's difficult I think it's very difficult to draw a line so let us know in the comment section below what you think. Do you think we've waffled a load of toffle today? Is that even a term? I don't know. But let us know if you think we're talking nonsense about the ethics of MDG finance. Let us know what you think about the value of cards. Do you think your collection should hold a huge amount of value? Do you think they should reprint cards into oblivion but have limited edition ones that are worth more money? Just just let us know what you think down below. Also let us know if Brian talked over me too much this week, like he did last week.
0: I definitely did not talk over you too much this <laughs> week. And I will say that it, 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 in your question of, is this a term? Term. If it is goofy and silly, then it's at least a term over in Britain. So w-
1: waffle the topple, That's new the first that I'm coining. That sounds I'm that sounds British. Sounds very British. It does sound very British, doesn't it? So thank you, Brian, for coming on with me onto your, well, it's your channel. But thanks for having me on, Brian, for another episode. If, if we removal. wanted to
0: go to your channel, Vince, besides just looking in this video's description and clicking the link, where would Ooh. people go to find you on your channel?
1: So you can go to youtube.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi or twitch.tv forward slash Pleasant Kenobi. I uh, make Legacy, Modern, Cube, uh, a bit of Momeo Basic coming up as well. I play loads of different stuff over on my channel. i play more standard soon as well. And I stream uh, at the moment once a week, but soon I'll be streaming three times a week because I'm a full-time wow. content creator. Full-time. I'm a, welcome. I'm a real content creator. So, uh, yeah. That's where you'd find me. Also, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But those two, other two are more important to actually see the marvelous content that I make for your perusal. Brian, where would you find? Just, oh, hang on. You're Brian, already right there. You're
0: where you're already where you would find me. So wherever you go, <laughs> wherever you go, there you are. <laughs>